Welcome to Trainers Talking Truths. This is an ISSA podcast dedicated to exploring the fitness industry and uncovering the whys and hows of personal training. To do that, we'll talk directly to the industry experts and certified trainers. We'll dig into fitness programming, business tactics, nutrition, and more. You'll even hear from current training clients who offer insight from the other side. We've got the fitness industry covered, so turn up the volume and enjoy the drive. Hello, world, and welcome back for another ISSA podcast, Trainers Talking Truth. It's me, your co-host, Jenny Scott, here with my favorite podcast co-host, Dan the Mandarin. How are you, Dan? Well, I'm great because I'm your favorite. Uh, I, I actually, I am really excited to hear from our guest today because I am one of those statistics where I bought a business, two of them. I uh, got my, you know, established as a corporation, had to keep minutes, had to keep tax records, and do, and I didn't know a lick about it. Two businesses, and I knew nothing about it. And I learned the hard way. What do they call that? The school of hard knocks. So I went to the yeah. school of hard knocks. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm here to tell you, our guest is going to help save folks a lot of headaches. Yes. And I'm actually like mildly obsessed with what we're about to talk about today because tax write-offs, like knowing what you can and can't write off, how to set up your business. It's huge. It's super important. And when you do it, you guys, if you put in that little bit of legwork that it takes to get it all set up, our, our guest today will talk about it, but it pays off dividends, like literal money in your pocket when you get this all set up. And you guys are all going to be like kicking yourself and like stopping your forehead, like face palm. Why didn't I do this earlier? Um, it's kind of a no-brainer, but a lot of people either A, don't know about it, or B, just don't know how to go about it. And it gets all complicated, and there's companies out there that want to charge you for it. It's not that serious. So, Dan, who do we have with us today? Well, we are going to talk about money in our pockets. You got my attention. You have my friend, our friend, Pat Darby, who I met not long ago, actually, at a trade show and really, really got my attention. Uh, Pat is a certified financial planner, and I'm really actually looking forward to hearing about how he started with beer pong, uh, but I'll let him take <laughs> oh. that over. Uh, so, so Pat, if you could kind of kick us off and tell us how you got started in doing what you do and uh, you know what, what you can offer the listeners out there and advice. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. This is, this is great. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I guess I'll start back. I'm a certified financial planner. We do a lot of fractional CFO work for fitness professionals. Um, but yeah, going back, my degree is in biochemistry. So right out of college, I wanted to start a beer pong business. Like I had a nine to five, but I was starting a beer pong business because I was not a stellar athlete in college or high school. So I loved beer pong like everyone, but also it was a cool sport because it, athleticism didn't really matter. Like the short guy, the out of shape guy could. Pat, did you just in, call beer pong a sport? <laughs> In my in my tournaments, they were a sport. And actually, that was like the logo. I still have it on one of my shirts because I haven't gotten rid of it because it's a good memory of my former business. Um, just cut the sleeves off of it, like all too close. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I said that that's like the back of the shirt. It's like beer pong is my sport. But um, but yeah, so I made a lot of these mistakes that we'll talk about today on my own. Cause again, I, in my degree in biochemistry, like I knew math, I knew science, but I didn't know taxes. I didn't know finances. So I made all the mistakes. Um, and like basically the equivalent of an MBA in mistakes that, so the hard knocks, I get it. Um, but at the time I had a financial advisor and I had a CPA 
but they weren't in my business. Like they were giving me quote unquote good advice, but advice that was negatively impacting the business because that's not what their skill set was. So it wasn't anything negative on them. Like I didn't know what questions to ask, but that obsession of like, what am I doing wrong? Like reading about all the books and seeing what I screwing up for myself. I closed that business down and went into finance. So it, all those mistakes ended up now it's what I do for people. It's like helping them answer the questions they're not even aware to ask. Yes. That was me right out of college. So just a different business. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I think that's what it is. It's a lot of people just don't know what to ask or what they should have. Right? right. So what would you say the first thing specifically for a fitness professional? What's the first thing they need to worry about when it comes to that business financial side? Well, the one thing, like, let's talk about like the entity, because I think this is where a lot of people get screwed up because you don't need an LLC to start. Like, especially if anyone listening, like they're just launching their course or their program or whatever it is, and they don't, they're trying to keep expenses down. A lot of times they think that you need to have an LLC to do all this tax stuff. And you do not like to have a one member LLC or to just start working and like be what's called a sole proprietor in the eyes of the IRS, it's identical. So you have all these people always pushing, like get your LLC because you have to save taxes. Like, yeah, that's not true. And so, and the person that might be pushing that on you, I don't know if they're lawyers or these people that build LLCs and stuff like that, but if they're monetized and telling you to do that, that's not helpful advice, especially if you just need to get up and running. You can yeah. do every tax strategy that we're going to talk about today. You can do without having that LLC entity. The LLC comes in when you're trying to like protect assets. And I'm not a lawyer. I'm not giving you legal advice, but that's just how it is. So like, if you have assets that you're trying to protect, go talk to a lawyer. Then an LLC might be perfect. But if you're young and just launching your fitness business, don't get sold on needing an LLC, especially depending where you live, like California, Nevada, where I am, I'm here in Vegas, but our LLCs are expensive. Yeah. So after like the lawyer does everything for you, and even if you do it on LegalZoom, usually if you do it for as low cost as possible, you're not even, that doesn't even include all the things you need in the LLC to protect you in the event of a lawsuit. So if you're doing it to save taxes, that's a waste. And if you're doing it on the cheap and excluding some of the things that a, a lawyer would rip through if they, they were suing you, so then you're kind of like back to where you just did it kind of half and not, it's not going to protect you and you're out money. So, yeah. Um, so that's like the, the first thing I think is like super important for people to realize like you can just start your business and just be organized and get all the deductions that the people with the LLC are getting to. So that's, that's go ahead. That, that, that's news to me. Uh, I know. I, I, I have heard three of, LLCs. Not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of sole proprietor. And uh, in fact, my, my tax guy, when I asked him, do I need to set something up? He said, no, you can, you know, follow as a sole proprietor, but I didn't quite understand what it meant because I haven't got there yet. So that, that, that helps a lot. It's going to help our listeners a lot, but what are some steps? Okay. You, 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 you know, you said that we don't have to incorporate or get an LLC, but what are some steps that those trainers, those coaches want to make sure and follow to keep themselves out of trouble and put money in their pocket? Yeah. So right out of the gate, the most important thing you can do, the best tax deduction there is, is being organized because most people, they have legitimate business expenses and they forget about it. 
Mm-hmm. And so what becomes problematic is your income is usually easy for the IRS to find. And they're not going to worry about the expenses. So if you made $100,000 your first year, but for lost most of your expenses, well, your tax liability is on the revenue then because you only owe on your profit. So the most simplistic thing you can do when you start your business is open up a bank account that's exclusively for the business. No longer are you buying groceries. No more are you like at the bar, restaurant, swiping that with your friends, like exclusively use it for the business. Eventually, you'll gravitate, uh, graduate into like bookkeeping and having a professional bookkeeper. But in the beginning, when you're just trying to keep things simple, you want all of the, your clients, whether using Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, or Stripe, or any of those services, they should be paying you into an account that's designated for the business. Now, it doesn't have to be a business bank account because like we talked about before, if you're a sole proprietor, you are working out of your social security number, which is totally fine. You just go to the bank that you have now and say, I want to open up another account and then use that one exclusively for the business. So when you sit down with your CPA at the end of the year or in the beginning of the the next year, there might be some organizational work, but you won't miss anything. Like every time you swiped your debit card, it was a business purchase. And every time you got paid by a client, you know, it was business revenue. It's not commingled with like your friend sending you Venmo money to like go on a trip together. Yeah. Like that should be a separate account now. But wait, but wait, Pat, I have a question. So yeah. most checking accounts though have fees because this is exactly why like I have spreadsheets. So I'm organized that I keep track of like all the income. Like every time I get paid for my basketball club or from this or that, like I put it in a spreadsheet so I know and I can differentiate it in my bank account. But I don't have a separate account because I don't want to pay the fees for another checking account because usually it's like, unless you have direct deposit into this account every month at this much dollars or more, like if there's a fee for it, yeah. is that a write-off or should I be worried about the fee or just deal with it? The fee would be a write-off for the business, but I would just look for a different bank. Like I, I'm biased because I only use the online banks and that's because I won't say their name, but... You're going to have to I, tell me later. <laughs> I definitely will. I tell everyone just... All, not, actually, I think I bash them on my podcast, I forget. But they, I was living in New Jersey and I went to San Diego for the winter just to get out of the winter. And I also made it a business trip. But um, right away, something happened. They're like, hey, we need you to just come in and sign this form. And I'm like, I just got to San Diego. And this was 2019. So this is before the COVID, but like you have to come in the place and sign it or fax it to us. I'm like, I'm at an Airbnb. I'm not putting my banking information in a stranger's fax. Um, <laughs> and they wouldn't budge on anything. So after that, it was like a rude awakening. I was like, I need an online bank that's like very digital focused, DocuSign. So, and the online banks, they typically pay a higher interest rate because they don't have the overhead. And they typically are very like, can I, I'll say the ones that I like that I use, if that's okay, but I don't want to push it. I'm not recommending it, but like for the banking side, I use like Axos. They don't charge minimum fees to anything. Like some of those like Ally, same thing on the personal side. Um, Ally doesn't offer business bank accounts, but they don't have fees for anything. So I'm not telling people where to go bank, but there's plenty that will let you have no fees. So okay. fair enough. Um, but the fees would be deductible the one inside the business account, the one that you're using for business. Cause sure. 
So okay. if you're using one of the big banks and charge it 20 bucks a month or something because the balance is below their minimum, whatever it is, in the business account, the one that's being used for business, I'll just call it that one, even though it might still be tied to your personal social, that business one, that would be a legitimate write-off. Okay. Fair enough. All right. So be organized. Start a separate bank account. What else you got? Same thing like with a credit card. If you're going to go out and use a, like an Amex or Visa, get a separate one that's exclusively for the business because you want to keep your expenses down. So like a bookkeeper would do all this for you, but a good bookkeeper is going to start at least probably two to 300 a month, like a good one. You can find them less than that, but you know, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that in the beginning, but if you talk to one that's really qualified, you're probably going to be at least 300 a month. Um, but you want to keep your costs down. So you'd be able to quickly build a like a profit and loss statement from just having all of your income dropped into that account, having a separate credit card just for that account, and just use that whole little atmosphere is just the business. If you if clients pay you cash, deposit it to the bank account. And then if you need to, your account at the end of the year would be able to quickly look at all your statements and build a pretty accurate profit and loss statement for tax purposes. Perfect. Okay. So that's and it's so it sounds like it's easier than we all think it is, right? Here I yeah. was like you can do this on an Excel spreadsheet in the beginning because like there's really two ways to look at the way you run a business. Like you want to have everything, especially in the beginning, you want to just be tax compliant. You know, like you want to have a pretty good idea of where you are. As you start to grow, then you want your books to be more accurate from a strategic perspective because you want to know like, hey, what where's my revenue sources coming if you have more than one? You know, if you're starting to like pay a team, you want to make strategic decisions. But in the beginning, you just want to be tax compliant. You want to pay what you owe, save for it the proper way, pay the quarterly estimates, things like that. And you can do all that really at almost no cost if you just spend a couple hours a month keeping yourself organized. Got you. Now, what are your thoughts on programs? Like, I'm going to say a brand name here, not that I'm promoting it, but it's one that I use, QuickBooks, right? Love it. Because I use TurboTax and Intuit owns TurboTax and QuickBooks, so it makes it easy to transfer all my information when I do my taxes. It's ingenious to me. So that's why I use it. But QuickBooks... Also estimates like I can swipe to tell whether it was business income or expense versus personal. So it allows me to separate that stuff out. Are those kind of things helpful for people too? Oh, yeah. I love QuickBooks. That's what I try to help people. Get. And most bookkeepers are on it. I think, I don't know the stats now, but originally like four or five years ago, I think 90% of the bookkeeping world is on QuickBooks. I think they really have the market cornered. Um, nice. So I highly recommend it. It's pretty... It's pretty intuitive. Sometimes I've seen people get weird glitches where we start them up and they have like this weird screen with add it back in. But it, most bookkeepers are on QuickBooks, if not that one on the zero. But if you get yourself on the QuickBooks, it's I think most accountants can offer you a 30% discount. And that's going to cost you like 22 a month or something to be. Yeah, I think I pay like $26 a month or something, which it writes off automatically in my QuickBooks. (laughs) Because it's It's all legit business expense. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of expenses, guys, I am enthralled by this topic. Absolutely enthralled. Welcome back for another ISSA rapid review. Tanner had this to say about our strength and conditioning course. ISSA was great. Everything was clearly laid out. Formats were easy to understand and maneuver, and questions I had were answered clearly and quickly. I gained a ton of knowledge. Awesome product. Well, you're awesome, Tanner. Thanks so much. So speaking of expenses, what kind of things do 
uh, fitness professionals are they able to write off, but do you see them missing potentially? So depends on what you do. Like there's a few things that we want to get, make sure you're aware of. Like you guys are in the health and fitness space. So if you have your own health insurance, that's, that's a deduction. You're self-employed. You can write off your own health insurance, especially because we see a lot of people walking around without health insurance. I don't like when people do that. That's a risk. Even in, even when you're young and healthy, the home office, there's a misnomer out there that that is audit risk. And a lot of accountants go around saying that. That used to be the case. The IRS isn't really hot on this anymore. So it's right. Get your home office written off. You know, maybe 10 years ago, they would say, don't do that. But that's not a, an audit flag like it used to be. Especially now, I think they're too busy with like the crypto people. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Before you uh, go on the next one, Pat, can you talk a little bit about what qualifies like uh, a room in the house, square footage, and maybe expand on utilities and things like that? Yeah. So there's an understanding. Yeah, absolutely. So the room is supposed to be used exclusively for business use. So it's not favorable. I know some people write it off, but you're not supposed to use like a second bedroom if it's also a bedroom. And they also don't want, you know, a corner in your actual bedroom. So it has to be a separate place that's exclusively used for the business. And then what you do is just keep the the math simple. Let's say you live in a 2000 square foot place and 500 square feet is your home office. That allows you now to take one fourth, like 25% of the whole place as a business write-off. So the percentage of your mortgage interest or percentage of your rent, percentage of utilities, Wi-Fi, everything is like at that 25% mark. So it's okay. really great bringing it back into the business. Like, yeah. So, so Jenny, your living room is your office, right? <laughs> well, I'm actually in like a small nook off the side of my kitchen. That is, I'm no longer in the bedroom. I moved out of the bedroom like a couple months ago. So I'm in a little nook. That a very small table that is specifically my office now. So I'm in the right spot. <laughs> well, I'll I'll take it a step further. And now this is something, talk to your accountant about this because now we're into the gray area, but we've done this for clients. Groceries as a general rule are not a tax deduction because they're personal. Yeah. But a lot of your listeners might be helping people like with recipes and diet. And so if you are, like we talked about this off air, if you're willing to document what you're doing, like if you can prove like on your social media, like, hey, I give diet plans, then the groceries could be a tax write-off. Again, swipe your, make it legit. Look at Dan. Like swipe your, swipe your business credit card on this. Like don't swipe your personal, then try to get your bookkeeper to push it into the business because then you're making the argument harder if you end up getting audited. But what that allows, again, if you're doing this, I want to, if I was working with you, I'd want to see it in your social media that you're really doing this because sure. you need proof that like, hey, like our clients are doing this. We're making revenue off of these tutorials, but then it also allows you to take a percentage of the kitchen. Oh, and so, but, but what I would recommend and what we've done for clients is you have to prorate that out too. So it's, so just for hypothetical, if the kitchen's 10% of the house, you would only take the percentage of how often you cooked or did the tutorial videos. So if you only did that, like 10% of that 10%, that's what you would take from the kitchen. So again, talk to that, talk to your account about that strategy and what you're doing, but um, that can kind of take the home office like one step further. But again, you need to really 
document this stuff because you're you're really pushing into the gray areas. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say, Pat, though, is it's really important not only to be organized, like you said, but keep track of everything, right? So like as you're training people out of your garage, keep track of the hours that you're training people. On Monday, I did two hours. On, on Thursday, I did one hour, right? Keep track of the exact hours spent doing these things to help make it easier. Keep your receipts for everything. Do we need physical receipts or is scanning them and like storing them that way efficient? Scanning them is fine. Like you, you just need the digital receipt because you can't use the credit card statement as yeah. proof. Um, because like using an example of like fuel, if you fill up at like a 7-Eleven, they have no clue if you went in and bought gas or went in and bought food. Like, cause the credit card receipt would just say 7-Eleven. Yeah. Um, and so that's why you need the actual receipt, but you can scan it and throw it away. Oh, this is epic. So Dan, moral of the story, don't go to 7-Eleven and buy $80 worth of uh, chips. Okay? <laughs> oh, come on reason. now. What I was trying to wrap my head around is how you could write those candy corns off, Jenny. That's, I'm <laughs> I mean, candy corns fuel as, me. Yeah, <laughs> if you a social somehow, we might have something. What a, so Pat, what about clothes, equipment, yes. education? So the equipment or the education, that's easy. No problem for writing that off. There's not much like that you have to do other than, you know, like we talked about the receipts. Uh, the home gym equipment would be similar to like what we talked about with the groceries. If you can prove that you're training people in your home gym or like tutorial videos, the home gym could be written off as part of like the home office expense. Talk to your account because the equipment isn't an expense. It probably gets appreciated. Yeah. So, um, but just again, just keep the receipts, give it to your account and let them know. And this is also why. Once you're a business owner, the people listening, accounts aren't that expensive. You, you're probably giving up more money than they're ever going to charge you by trying to <laughs> DIY this stuff. Like most people, are like, oh, like for this type of stuff, an account's going to charge maybe five or 600 bucks for a sole proprietor. It's money well spent if they know what they're doing. Cause they're going to like, <clears throat> they're going to ask you a couple of things or help you document. Cause again, God forbid you're ever audited. And obviously it's a little more of a concern now that. The IRS has got a big check, but you want to make sure you have your ducks in a row because unfortunately, tax, when it comes to the IRS, it's guilty till proven innocent. Like you have to prove them wrong. They don't have to prove that they don't have to prove anything. They're like, this is what we're seeing. Prove us wrong. So you want to make sure you have everything documented if you ever have to do that. And then the last, the last one, yeah, the gym closes is a, Cool topic because a lot of people get this wrong because like, oh, it's my gym clothes. I can't write it off. Or they think that you can write off everything. The, <laughs> IRS, the IRS has, there's been a lot of tax court cases on this. So like clothes, the question you have to ask yourself is, could it be used for personal use? So like as a guy, I wore a suit every day to work. The IRS say, like, well, yeah, but can't you wear that to like a wedding or a funeral? And if the answer is yes, then you can't write it off. But so like, so the ones that have, that have won in court, in tax court, they're like wearing something extreme. Like they're basically costumes. Like this is more like the celebrities (laughs) and stuff. So the way to get around all of that is you turn it from clothing to marketing. So if you're willing to put your logo in a prominent location, it's a marketing expense and you can write it off. So like, again, I'll just use guys because I don't know anything about women's fashion. But like as a guy, like I couldn't throw my logo in like the inside pocket and be like, oh, cool. Now we have <laughs> like a write off. But if you're willing to basically make your clothes, your shoes, all of that 
clearly a marketing. It has, I forget how they phrase it, but I think the IRS, like like everything, they make it purposely vague. I think it's like um, basically just has to be obvious. I forget how they phrase it, but it has to be obviously seen, prominently displayed. I think that's the term they use. Okay. okay. I, 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 how about this one? I may or may not have done this. And, and that is putting your logo on your, on your vehicle. So your logo, your brand, you know, um, becomes a marketing tool. And now the car is a write-off because no matter where it is, it's marketing. Even if I'm using it for personal use, for the, it's marketing. For the car doesn't work like that. Oh. Like the, the expense, <laughs> the expense would be, the expense would still, I guess it also depends if you're going to be using it for personal, but the expense of putting all that logo on there would be a deduction. But the auto is built based or the deduction for your auto is based on how much you're using it. So if you if you're using an expensive car, you want to get the actual like there's two ways to do it. And then yeah. again, this is where you like you get into the more nitty gritty where you need an accountant to walk through what's best for you. But basically, there's two ways to do it. Like you're going to take the mileage or you're going to take the actual. And most people these days do better with actual because they're not driving that much. And if you have a nice, expensive car. The, the mileage won't help you, especially like this year with gas being what it is. Like people yeah. aren't necessarily doing well. The mileage stuff is probably for more people that are, they're driving a lot, you know? So that's typically better for people that are in a more suburban or rural area where like they might be driving 30 miles each way to work or two clients or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I drive like 300, 500 miles a week driving oh, wow. I take my my equipment in the garage and I pack it up in my car and I drive to and from like already today I've driven uh, almost 40 miles to go see oh, my wow. sports team and back um and then I have volleyball later which is another 25 miles to and from the school like I drive a ton so I actually do the mileage but I log it I use my QuickBooks and I log I reset my odometer every time I get in the car even if it's for a personal trip too so I can log it as a personal trip but I lost exactly. every single, but people think I'm crazy. Every time, get in, reset the odometer. When I get out of the car, I log it and then reset the odometer. So if the IRS is listening, don't bother tagging on Jenny. You're don't gonna, come for me, guns high. Don't even bother. <laughs> yeah, but, but you're doing exactly right. Because whether you do mileage or actual, both times you need to record your mileage. Mm-hmm. Because it's based on either how much business miles you drove or what the percentage is. So as people are buying, like right now, it's popular, like with the solar credit and things like that, like people are getting Teslas. Those are expensive. Most they, mm-hmm. most people wouldn't make the mileage up, would want to do the actual. So if you're going to put your branding on the vehicle, the cost to do that would be 100% the write-off, but the vehicle deduction would still be driven by the mileage percentage. And to take actual, you have to use it more than 50% of the time. So you want to make sure you're being intentional. Like mm-hmm. I use the, the app... Um, Mile IQ. Oh, yeah, I heard which, which I think is really great. If anyone single out there, it works just like Tinder because literally you swipe left, you swipe left for a personal expense or mile and a swipe right for a business mile. It's so easy. It tracks everything behind the scenes. So you can go back and do it like two weeks later and just like swipe around and get yourself nice. organized. Is that the one that uses like your GPS location? So you don't yeah. even have to log it. QuickBooks does that too. But the problem is, so oddly enough, I only drive my car, I think probably. 
maybe 5% of the time I drive my car like to Costco or something like that. Because generally when I travel and it's not for business, my fiance drives. So I'm just in the passenger seat coming, <laughs> like, coming around. Um, so I actually don't drive a lot of personal miles, which is kind of cool. But yeah, so the problem is if my, if I have my mine on the GPS setting, it'll log the miles that yeah. I drive with him or on a school bus going to a volleyball game or something like that, yep. where that is not applicable. So we yeah, you, if that. you were using MyLiQ, you have to go through and delete your personal stuff. Like if you're in an Uber, someone else is driving, mm-hmm. even going for like a run, it'll, it'll grab that sometimes. Oh, so. there you go, Dan. <laughs> yeah, you would run a lot of miles on your my queue. What is he doing driving eight miles a day in the middle of the <laughs> <laughs> I'd put it on my bike. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd put it on my dogs and let him outside. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so is there anything else besides where we talked about clothes, we talked about mileage and vehicle? home office space, rental space, or like space in your home, depending on what you're doing, anything else that fitness professionals might miss? In terms of, I don't know about miss, but if you're just starting out in your first year in business, you may not have been aware that you owe taxes on a quarterly basis. Mm -hmm. So anyone, so the way the IRS works is like, if you work for like someone else, they're getting, the IRS is getting paid consistently throughout the year through your paycheck. And that's the way they, the IRS likes it. So we have to do the same as business owners. It's like no one's withholding money from us. So on a quarterly basis, you have to owe that. I would recommend if you're using the same, like open up a separate account and each month that you get paid by your clients, move like 10 to 30%, depending on how much, I would say 20 to 30% probably of all your revenue right into that tax account. And then on the quarterly basis, send it into the IRS. And it's really simple to do if you go to irs.gov, set up the account, Anyone young listeners, it's pretty simple pay portal. So don't get overwhelmed. Like, oh, my accountant needs to do this kind of stuff. It's really easy to do yourself. And quite frankly, you should open that portal regardless. Because even if you have an accountant who's doing this for you, you got to make sure the IRS is getting it and there's no fraud or mistakes. Like you gotta, you gotta be aware of this stuff because God forbid you are a victim of fraud or they're just somehow not getting it. That's on you. They're not, they're not gonna say, oh well sorry that your accountant screwed you over or whatever, like it's on you. So you have to be aware of that as a business owner. Yeah. Great stuff. We could go on and on. (laughs) And actually, I I think there's an opportunity maybe to, to, to come back and talk more about like the next level. So maybe I do want to incorporate or get an LLC. Uh, What's that look like? And how do I uh, set it up myself or what kind of help do I need? What are the, the, uh, you know, what's, what's that next level look like? But for the folks out there listening, I think you just, uh, you know, I Jenny just did a, a survey recently. And Jenny, I don't know what your final results were, but I my takeaway was that over half of the, the, the new certified personal trainers are looking to do something on their own. Over yeah. half, easily. Mm-hmm. So for our listeners out there, they're going to be brand new at doing something on their own, many of them. And this is very, very relevant. So next time, we'll definitely talk about the, the next level of growing your business, which is, in my opinion, where it gets really scary, um, you know, and, and where having some good, solid advice and, and foundational uh, practices are going to make or break you, frankly. So, yeah, growth is good, but it's scary. Yeah. That being said, okay. uh, that, oh, no, Jenny, 
you have well, I was going to say, I think that the biggest takeaway from Pat here is there is a lot to it. And there's lots to know, like the square footage of your kitchen or your, your office and all these things. But it's so much easier if you just hire somebody who knows what they're talking about, right? Deals with other fitness professionals or people that do what you do. It's worth every penny to pay them and have them help you with this so that you don't have to think about it. And then every now and again, they just might say, hey, I need your receipts or hey, send me your spreadsheet, right? And you just send it over to them. And that is literally their job, which God bless you guys. <laughs> one of my best friends is a CPA and I'm like good for you girl <laughs> I couldn't agree more I mean like I said I've been down the road of, of being incorporated I've done my own thing I've uh, and I learned a lot today so you yeah. definitely want to have somebody that that has your back and can give you advice so that you don't find yourself I don't think they put you in the slammer do they Pat if you, they just charge uh, a bunch of money yes but but <laughs> I don't think most people have to worry about that. Like, <laughs> like Wesley Snipes, I think that was what him and uh, what was that? The Jersey Shore guy um, are the two popular celebrities. Oh, I think Al Capone. That's why Al, Al Capone, Capone too. To yeah. 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 Like for the most part, I think you would avoid jail if you, I mean, that's like for fraud, making mistakes, you don't end up in jail, but yeah. outright fraud and hiding money and stuff then. Or if once you get a team, the states can come after you pretty hard as well. Like the states sometimes are worse to mess with than the IRS because they're smaller and more nimble. <laughs> but um, for the most part, I wouldn't stress it. If you if you end up doing payroll, then make sure you work with the payroll provider because if you withhold money from an employee and don't send it to the IRS and you spend it, that's that's a higher level of offense because you're not really taking your own money and withholding it from them. It's someone else's money that you're kind of like, they look that as like stealing. Your yeah, I was say, that's money. called stealing. Yeah. <laughs> there's, like, your, there's your daily get out of jail free. Yeah. Jeff. So like those sorts of things. But like most people listening they're if they make mistakes, they're not worried about jail. But the interest and penalties will be a bummer. So. Okay. Well, absolutely. Well, this is, again, I'm enthralled by this topic. I think it's very interesting. Um, there's a lot to it. But again, once you get organized, once you know what you're doing, it's actually not too bad. But it's that starting point, like dipping your toe into that red water where you're like, mm, I don't know about this. <laughs> so just be prepared. Hire somebody. Ask questions. Um, right. So I have all kinds of questions for you after we get off this, this podcast today. <laughs> but Dan, any last words for our viewers today on this topic? Well, uh, just a question for Pat real quick before I do. And that is, how can our listeners find you? Yeah. Listen, I think you have a podcast. Uh, yeah. as well. And, you know, how can they learn more about your, or find you? Pat? Yeah. So my podcast is build your wealth muscle and all the topics that we talked about today, we do a deep dive. Like most of the episodes are solos where we go really deep on specific topics. Um, then we also have guests that are going to be like your colleagues that talk about what they've done well and some of their mistakes. Um, and my social is on Instagram, the Pat Darby, same on TikTok, but I'm not really that great on TikTok. I'm still trying to figure out how it works, but what? <laughs> I'm much more active on Instagram. So you, nice. can, you, can find you don't those. do Pat's tax tips of the day. <laughs> a lot of, so, a lot of tax tips, a lot of like CFO and financial advice tips. So, so try to, it's basically everything that the money touches for you fitness coaches. Nice. You, you mentioned muscle in the title. Is that because it's geared towards fitness professionals? Yeah, that's that's my company does. We specialize in tax and finance for fitness professionals, Excellent. like fitness entrepreneurs. Excellent. So, so my last words, Jenny, get organized. <laughs> Just get organized. It's probably the biggest, uh, like, uh, or the least fun part, uh, and the least exciting 
But uh, like we said at the very beginning of the podcast, it's going to net out money in your pocket. So yeah. if that isn't a good enough reason to get organized, I don't know what is. Right. I think my last words would be hire somebody. <laughs> we, also have to remember, we also have to remember what our time is worth. Think about that. Like, right. One of my clients is a surgeon and there are certain things like housework or yard work and stuff that he's like, I hire people because if you think about it, doing surgery and things that I do that make me money in my job, I make way more money than it would cost me to hire somebody to do this for me. Um, so you have to kind of weigh the pros and cons of that. But like, I mean, if you don't want to spend your time doing this kind of stuff, just hire somebody for the little bit of money that you're spending. Pat already said it. It's going to be worth the money, what you're saving and what you'll end up getting back. Potentially, it will pay for itself. So why not? I agree with that. <laughs> My financial planner says the same thing, Jenny. And he shakes his head every time I tell him I have to go mow the lawn. It's like, why are you <laughs> mowing the lawn? Why aren't you paying somebody to do? I that? don't do yard work. I also live in a patio home, so the HOA takes care of it. So. Yeah, I'm with you, Jenny. That's no thanks. <laughs> yeah, have you seen these fingernails, y'all? These are real. <laughs> I'm trying to get dirt under my nails. I'm one of those. I'm also an indoor people as well. I do not enjoy the great outdoors. <laughs> I'm a weirdo. I know. But thank you so much for joining us, Pat. Thank you for in, like in, like enlightening us with all these things. Um, and again, it's a lot more than it sounds, but it's a lot easier, simpler than people think, right? Definitely. Thank you guys Definitely. so much for having me. Absolutely. This has been fun. And Dan, always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. This is all mine, girl. <laughs> and to those of you guys listening, thank you. Again, go back and re-listen. But again, hire somebody, maybe look into it. We'll reach out to Pat. Um, let him know what questions you guys have. He has a great company that can help you guys as fitness professionals get yourself organized, which is everything we talked about today. But thank you guys for listening so much. And as always, we remind you, especially when it comes to your taxes, make good choices. We'll be talking to you soon. Yeah.